Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good... Whoops! My fault! <laughs> you soundboard! <laughs> yeah, we are working out the kinks here. But as I was saying, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is when you hear this. Welcome to Gaming Street Irregulars. I'm James Irish, your incarnation of the Beyonder for this episode. Joining me, as always, is... is Prime Celestial Bean, Chrissy Harding. Hello, everyone. As, as if you can't tell from the uh, awkward introductions I'm using this time, we are talking Marvel versus Capcom today, and we have a special guest in the studio. Stand back! There's a hurricane coming through! Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please welcome Philadelphia-based cosplaying couple and noted Fighting game tournament personalities on Twitch and elsewhere, Hurricane Kitten and Obelicious. Hello, hello. How's it going, guys? Thank you for having us. We're very excited to be here. Absolutely. We're we're excited to have you too. This has been quite some time in the making, and this wasn't even necessarily the original plan. We were originally going to bring back our dear friend Pembroke W. Corgi to talk all things Strider Hyru with this delightful duo but he's occupied with work at the moment. So the Strider episode is being postponed because it's his favorite arcade game, and I'd be beside myself if he missed it. He would be beside himself if he missed it too. As a fellow enthusiast, I wouldn't want to put him through that as is. Fair enough. (laughs) So before we actually get into the main body, uh, our... uh, HK, Dobbs, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourselves, how you met, how long you've done things like cosplay and gaming for, and like that. Get, let, give, give the audience something uh, to chew on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, wow. We met in college many moons ago, it feels like. Um, gosh, that was probably about 11 years ago now. Uh, yeah, this year's 11. Um, but uh, we, we, we've been married for seven years see, i'm eight. so bad at this eight see eight <laughs> i'm so bad with dates i'm so sorry <laughs> but we're married <laughs> um we have been cosplaying together since 2011 um 10 years wow yeah yeah, yeah. uh dobby had introduced me to the convention scene forever ago and um the whole thing was so new to me and we went to our first convention and i saw cosplayers for the first time and was like Oh my God, I want to do it. <laughs> so I got into it. I dragged him into it. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, and 10 years ago is actually when we started getting into fighting games together as well. Um, Marvel versus Capcom is now 10 years old as of this year. And favorite one, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Um, and uh, that actually came out over Valentine's Day weekend, actually. Um, so... We, I had been going to conventions myself for a couple of years, and um, after me and HK had been dating for a bit, I was like, hey, I do this thing, and like, I want to go to a convention, and she was all about it, and it's like, I'm only going to do it if we cosplay, and I never had the guts to even consider trying it, but like, it turned out to be tons of fun, and something that we were like, doing together, and really expanded our, just the things to do and people to meet while we were at the con scene, which was a lot of fun, and... HK being the creative person that she is, always put in a lot of effort into costumes, new things that we could do together, um, creating new things, and it just really expanded and grew the things that I used to do at cons. So it was a lot of fun expanding on that. And that same 
year where we started going to cons together. Well, actually, no, even before that. Um, we got into fighting games basically around the same time. Uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 came out that year. Um, it basically became our favorite thing to watch and play for <laughs> quite a while. Um, and things only really grew from there. Awesome. And I just want to say, Dobbs, if I'm remembering this correctly, you make one heck of an awesome Riddler. Oh, thank you. I for, I often forget that I have that costume. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot about that. Those we are... retired those a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I really need to see these costumes because, like, the Riddler is, like, my favorite, you know, DC character. Like, he's my favorite, like, villain just because he's so, he's so smart and he's so dramatic. It's like, you know... <laughs> You know, the, they used to have that meme that was like, Mar um, Steam without Humanities is how you get Marvel villains, but Theater without Humanities is how you get Batman villains. <laughs> He's like the perfect like of the dramatic Batman villain. And <laughs> there was a while where they turned him into a private eye, and I was like, I like this, because oh. he, would, he would be the perfect private eye, like he's that kind of person but so i got i got to i have to see this costume now <laughs> like, i have to find a picture I, I have to dig up in the archives <laughs> i just remember walking around dragon con that year and everybody's like yo tell me a riddle i'm like i didn't prepare that well for this this big hunk of wood in the shape of a question mark and i'm like i'm just here to chill dude <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going to take a very short break, and when we return, we're going to dive into the history of Marvel versus Capcom. started rather innocently enough when Capcom released X-Men Children of the Atom in 1994. At the time, the animated series was hot. It was a tie-in with the voice actors reprising their roles from the show, and it became a solid hit for them. You know, at this point, Capcom could do no wrong with fighting games. They were branching off this way and that way and every which way. But then it grew suddenly. The next year, it, it grew to encompass all of Marvel, with Marvel superheroes... Uh, I believe War of the Gems was either the subtitle for that one or the Super Nintendo game. I can't remember for the life of me. It's one or the other, though. Same difference at the end of the day. <laughs> and then in 1996, the bomb dropped. And suddenly, as they've been saying in wrestling lately, the Forbidden Door was opened with the crossover X-Men versus Street Fighter. And suddenly... and nearly anything was possible and would soon become possible. So, so Dob, HK, you've already told us that you guys got into it when Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was a thing in 2011. Chrissy, what do you remember specifically about these, these games when they came around? I, re I remember the first Marvel vs. Capcom. Um, and I just, I, but my favorite one was when they finally introduced Deadpool. Okay, that would be the first iteration of Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So, yeah, and 
the fact that Deadpool could actually take the health bar and beat, just completely breaking the fourth wall and taking the the health bar and just beating the crap out of the other characters. Because at that time, they kept it as a simple, the regular playing game where once you had a Deadpool, it became a tongue in cheek where he, yeah, he, no, he, he was like, oh no, we, we know this isn't real. We're going to have fun with this. Um, but I remember it was like, it, to me, it's almost like this probably inspired Smash Brothers because everyone looked forward to the the Marvel versus Capcom games because they would throw all the characters from Marvel and all the characters from Capcom into it. And then you eventually get to the point like, who's going to be in the next one? Kind of like how they are with Smash Brothers. Like, who who from the Nintendo universe or the game universe is going to be in the next one? Um, and I thought it was, I mean... I'm also a Mega Man fan, so it was also kind of cool to be able to play Mega Man in a fighting game. And that, was, that, that was a, a really cool moment. It was especially cool for me seeing him do the Leaf Shield, because my first exposure to Mega Man was the second game, as it was for most people growing up back then, I imagine, since that game had a huge marketing push behind it via Nintendo Power. And seeing him do one of the iconic uh, weapon techniques from that game in this new title up against, of all things, Spider-Man and Gambit and all these other Marvel characters. It was like, well, they really threw everything in the kitchen sink in here. And the leaf shield was finally did not suck like it was oh. the one time that that the leaf shield actually was like a good weapon to have. The leaf shield could beat Airman. Yeah, the leaf shield was very useful on Airman's stage altogether. Yeah. But, like, if you try to use it in any of the other stages, it was like, I have a shield. Like, any of the shield weapons, any, and I'm sure there are some Mega Man players out there who, who would think this. The first time you played it and you got a shield weapon, you were literally like, what is this? <laughs> Especially after you got, like, Cutman's, um, you know, weapon that was throwing boomerang scissors at things and then like you and then as soon as you got a shield weapon you're like really <laughs> really there's so many ways you could have went with the woodman stage you pick leaf shield um but and i mean but when i saw it in the marvel vs. campcon game and they and i was like oh my god i now can see why this is an effective weapon <laughs> yay <laughs> so I think my favorite thing about all of this is just all the insane attention to detail that they do when they add characters to that. And I guess to clarify a little bit, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was the first fighting game that the two of us got in together, or got into together. But um, personally, I had been playing the series since, well, I guess Marvel vs. Capcom 1 on PlayStation 1 was the first iteration that I did. And okay. I love the series like from then on. And it's, I guess that did get me exposed to a lot of different characters that I wasn't really familiar with, especially from the Capcom side. Like, for example, I'm definitely looking forward to the Strider podcast later. And I had never known who Strider was prior to that game, but he very quickly became my favorite character just because of that fighting game. And I had to backtrack and find out all the stuff about him. And the more time you spend with it, you just realize the attention to detail for like every move that they're trying to do in animation. They're trying to pull as much as they can from the original source material to be true to the characters. And all the, I just feel like there's so much individual character love and expression in that, which is what makes those games so unique and so much fun to play and watch for that matter. Definitely fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. My first, 
my first introduction to fighting games was actually um, Street Fighter 2 on the PlayStation. Um, I used to go to my cousin's house every weekend or they would come up to mine and we would duke it out. So of course my love for Chun-Li had grown from that point, but uh, she will always be my girl. <laughs> Welcome oh, to the yeah. club. Mine too. <laughs> no Chun-Li haters here. <laughs> but uh, what you does. brought up about uh, introducing characters to people, Dobbs, is especially relevant with this series because uh, Jin Kazama, nobody had seen his series at all in the United States unless they were big into the import scene. So this was his American coming out party. And uh, and I think he made a very interesting impression, especially his taunt where he's toweling himself in a <clears throat> pair of, well... <clears throat> You can see me, if, if this was a video podcast, you'd see me blush right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think people get the idea. <laughs> Everyone, just Google it, but make sure your safety filter is off, because it won't show up otherwise. Been on an off work day. Definitely not while you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> and to that point also, uh, in the second game, uh, Hayato from Star Gladiator. You know, that series hadn't quite taken off in the States yet. I mean, it was out on the Dreamcast, but this was the this was his uh, his first time. This would probably be the first time a lot of people were encountering him. It was for me. I did. Yeah. I found myself a Dreamcast like way after it was relevant at like well, a flea market and same flea market had a game store. I'm like, Star Gladiator, like I know this dude on the cover, but that's because of a different fighting game. And I'm like, I finally understand. <laughs> So, who hasn't appeared in these games that you badly want? I've got a list, but I'm going to let the three of you go first. Oh, I know what I want to start with. Um, so, Clover Studios, the same one that did Okami, has another little gem on PlayStation 2, owned by Capcom, God Hand. Gene from God Hand is just such a ridiculous character, and I feel like it would be so fun to play. It was like the whole premise of that was like it was a 3D walk around beat em up. And my favorite mechanic of that is you literally got to pick your whole attack pattern. Like instead of just getting a set combo to press with square or like triangle, you got to pick what each like phase one, two, three of your chain combo was from like a whole list of things. And there was like so much customization from just jabs, uppercuts, like nut shots, drop kicks, everything was in there. And it was just so over the top, and I would love to see how they would do that in a game like Marvel vs. Capcom. Okay. Uh, HK, how about you? I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but I would love to see more what are essentially joke characters, mm -hmm. um, like Phoenix Wright, but he ends up actually being really good in the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very excited to see that they brought in Amaterasu, and they were so true to her attack patterns from Okami, and it, it, they just did it beautifully. So I would love to see more, I guess, quote, joke characters that actually do well. Maybe Sheep Man from one of the more recent Mega Man games? <laughs> that, that would be hilarious. <laughs> All right, Chrissy, how about you? The one that I would love to see, and it's, he's kind of a joke character, but if anyone actually played the later uh, Mega Man games, it's Otto who's kind of the big round green robot 
who sometimes will come on and will cheer on Mega Man with little, like the Japanese, little Japanese cheerleader flags. <laughs> could you, ju- I could totally, if they made him a fighting character, I could totally see him just destroying all the other guys. He would be just, he would be like, um, oh, the character from Big Six. Uh, Baymax? Uh- Baymax. (laughs) He's like, he's like, I'm here to take care of you. But if you, you know, but if you push Baymax, Baymax will take you out. (laughs) If he has to, to protect his friends. So I could almost, I would love to see that kind of character, but I agree. I would love to see more joke characters where you're just like, who is this? And they actually do. They're like the more effective characters to play because they just makes it more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, that makes me think of uh, Baby Bonnie Hood from Darkstalkers. Yes. 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 More Darkstalker characters. Yes. She showed up in Marvel vs. Capcom 2 at my local timeout. People were like, who is this? What What is she even doing here? And then she did that uh, one where she summons the two gigantic sol- soldiers to go full auto. And, and people were like, whoa! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about her. Yeah, I would love to see more Dark Stalker characters. I really but for would. Me, the character I most want to see in one of these games, especially now that Marvel has uh, the movie rights for X Men back, and they're not going to interfere with uh, their, their inclusion in these games if we get lucky enough to have another one. I want to see Nightcrawler so bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good call. That was a good call. And if they were working to intentionally pair them with other characters who would be of similar uh, movesets, pair him up with Guy from Final Fight. Hmm. Ooh. That would be good, actually. I feel like they... Oh, I feel like they'd be hesitant to do that just because they went out of the way to put him in, like, Street Fighter 4. And I do like that, like, even if they're not all ending up in Marvel vs. Capcom, that there is, like, some other, like, cross... Capcom game representation, even like Street Fighter, right? Because um, they they didn't start expanding on the Final Fight stuff, like adding Cody and Guy and stuff like that. And uh, what's the new girl's name? It was like Lydia, I want to say. Yeah, and um, they they recently added um, uh, Abigail, one who was one of the bosses in the original Final Fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, they and they're getting around to some rival schools representation in Street Fighter, which has me very excited. That was very especially since it's my favorite character from that series. I adored Akira in college. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's they they have such a wide um, pool to pull from. Like I said, uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Looking, looking at remembering with that when those different games would come out, and watching people now with like Smash Brothers, I'm like, this this was the this this was the inspiration for Smash Brothers because. They go through, like, every time that someone's like, there's a new Smash Brothers DLC, who's it going to be? That's how we used to be with Marvel vs. Capcom. It's like, oh, there's a new Marvel vs. Capcom game. Who's going to be in it? You know, because you, and you were always, like, hoping, like, okay, I want my favorite person in it. And then it's like, whoever else. Like, Capcom, I believe, made some of even, like, the Disney games. And I know that, and Disney technically owns Marvel. Wouldn't it be interesting to see some Disney characters get kind of thrown into this, too? I'm, it would have know. to be the right to like character. Yeah. Hands with Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, you know, but like um, Darkwing Duck. 
that Goliath. Actually, or yeah. Goliath from yeah. from Gargoyles. Um, okay, yeah, we're we're getting we're making progress here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I could get behind this. Yeah, like I mean, you know, Gizmo Duck. Um, you know, we wouldn't more... be asking for Snow White. Oh, good yeah. God, no. Although, could you that if you they decided to go that route, you know, you could she would be very scary with the ability to summon wild animals to destroy her enemies. Yeah. But how how funny would it be if you were throwing out assists and it was creatures, you know, woodland creatures, but all of a sudden one of them was like sleepy and he just didn't do anything and just fell asleep on the side. Snow White, but she's a zoning summon character. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, summoning woodland creatures could be done within Marvel itself. Hello, squirrel girl. True. Ah, I would love that. Rocket raccoon. Yeah. (laughs) Just summon rocket raccoon. (laughs) Squirrel girl summons wooden creatures. Rocket raccoon pops on the screen. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> this is not my. This is not my fight. <laughs> I guess, kind of oh, touching man. on that idea about like everybody really wondering who the next character is going to be in a game like this. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like when Marvel vs. Capcom three came out, it's the first time I started notice that that pattern of game companies doing like these really slow reveals for character announcements. Because, like, you'd start mm-hmm. to get, like, the next Marvel vs. Capcom 3 character, like, every week or couple weeks, you get a new trailer. And it just, like, kept building and building until the game's eventual release. But then I start, you started seeing stuff with either, like, the Street Fighters and, like, I can think of, like, every other game now. And Smash Brothers was, when Ultimate came out, was very slow with that. Just eventually until they built up to say, like, everybody's in it. But now, like... It seems like every game, King of Fighters, um, Guilty Gear, everything is doing like Tekken. this Tekken. Mm-hmm. Everything's doing this incredibly slow reveal process. And like, I get it, you're building hype, but like on some level, it also kind of annoys me because like I just want to know it once. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like just tell true. me who's in there. <laughs> like I'll just wait. Just give it to me all at once, man. Like it's like waiting for a whole Netflix series coming out and binging it. Just give me everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then the other thing, I mean, it, it's, I can see when you're, when you're a smaller gaming studio to teasing your audience, like we've seen with uh, Benny and the Ink Machine, Five Nights mm-hmm. at Freddy's Security Breach, where they're slowly letting out little details of the story. Um, but when you're a bigger game company, you already know just the title of the game is going to sell your game. You don't need to pull out the suspense we're, you already know we're going to buy the game because, you know, in this case, it's a Marvel versus Capcom game. You already yep. know your 50 to $60 is going to be extremely well spent on this game because it's going to be good. You don't need to tease us with storylines. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I'm very glad you two are here is because this, we want to also cover something that Chrissy and I, or at least myself, I'm not 100% sure about Chrissy, have zero experience with and that's competitive gaming because you two are very much into the competitive scene for a lot of fighting games in fact uh per hk you just recently ran your own bracket of this past week yes oh that was so exciting and terrifying at the same time (laughs) tell us a little Um, bit what into that wow uh so On a whim, um, we're good friends with iHeartJustice, who is one of the best Phoenix Wright players. Um, He's been on the scene for a long time, and he's pretty well-known on Twitch at this point. And uh, he had reached out and said, hey, um, I kind of want to give back to, you know, the Twitch scene, and I want to do a tournament for my subs. 
I'm like, all right, like, well, what are you telling me for? <laughs> and he's like, well, I want you to help me with it. So, um, you know, I, I got into Twitch maybe in like October of last year. I haven't been on it very long, um, but Twitch had Twitch has Twitch Rivals, which they do competitive gaming as well. Um, and they had done a special one in, I think it was January or November. I forget. One of those months. You know, it all kind of mashes together in the pandemic. (laughs) Um, It does. (laughs) But they had done a Twitch Rivals for Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom. And, um, you know, a few years ago, Evo had removed it from their competitive scene because, you know, it's an older game and um, they wanted to change things up because they didn't want it to be stale. So um, the last Evo that had Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom was uh, a few years ago. 2013, I think, was the last one. It it was a while ago. I want to say 17. I think it was 2017. The three was like three years or whatever from when we started. Um, So Twitch Rivals bringing back Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom was a really big deal. Um, And that really revived the scene. And um, it really brought into online play. Um, and uh, a lot of people got back into it through Parsec, which is a, a computer sharing program. Um, you can you know, host a server in a different state and people can connect to it and you guys can play the game together um, because the original online built-in is not great. <laughs> Nobody is a fan of the delay-based netcode, especially not like the pre-built one that's in there. It's awful. <laughs> But anywho, so that revived it and uh, everybody got really back into it, us included, um, once we saw that Twitch Rivals had picked it up and we were like, oh my God, this is great. Like I miss Marvel. We used to stay up until like three o'clock in the morning watching matches and getting really hyped. <laughs> we used to like scream at each other watching Evo. So hype. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So it was awesome to have it back. Anywho, sorry, I went on a little tangent there. Um, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> this show runs on tangents. <laughs> you obviously have not paid attention to the to us in the tangent board, <laughs> which I'm so, adding another hashtag to. <laughs> so, um, anywho, so we were like, all right, let's let's do a mini tournament for subs only, and let's get this going. So, um, with me just starting out on Twitch and really getting back into Marvel versus Capcom, um, there's another channel that is very large on the East Coast that does competitions every Friday. And they are Tampa Never Sleeps. And I essentially lived in there for a couple months <laughs> to the point where the owner of the channel, Tong, actually reached out and said, hey, let me know if you want to be a mod for the channel because you're here all the time. And I like, I, I was so blown away just because I'm, I'm just a fan. I'm just here, right? And uh, so I started modding for him, which means I help with the competitions in the background. I'll run bets on the channel. Um, I'll help anything else that is needed. Um, There are two other folks that usually run the bracket. So that kind of got my foot in the door of doing that kind of stuff. So our iHeartJustice knew this and uh, he had asked me to run the bracket. And I've never run a bracket by myself before. Um, Luckily, it wasn't too many people on on different setups or anything. So it was pretty straightforward. But um, it was a 12 person competition run on one setup connecting to a cloud server in Ohio. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was actually pretty straightforward and very easy for just a small competition like that. Um, but it was a lot of fun and I definitely would do it again. I, I learned a lot from scrambling, trying to put together a bracket within you know two days. 
Very, very, very nice. Now, uh, do you have any actual in-person tournament experience between the two of you? Um, as for me, um, so the only time prior to all the stuff that's been going on with Twitch, like I had only done like some casual competitions at conventions like Oticon and stuff on the East Coast. Um, and like I used to play Marvel vs. Capcom 3 almost exclusively. And I entered a tournament there, I think it was like a year or two after it came out and got like fourth place in that tournament. It's actually one of my favorite memories of us together because like we were both in cosplay too. I was actually dressed as Strider here to you and HK was dressed as, I think you were Haruko from Fully Coley, I think that day because we didn't have matching outfits for that yet. And like I got fourth place in costume and I remember the, the announcer just being like, Oh, like, well, he didn't win the competition, but then, like, you saw me go over to her, and we both walked away, and he's like, oh, but, like, oh, I guess he's fine. He's, he's got her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then, like, yeah, everybody else who was, like, in first, second, and third are just like, oh, well, I guess we have this tournament. <laughs> so I felt pretty good that day. Um, oh, but but uh, outside of that, I haven't really done anything competitive with Marvel until this, and... Uh, that same cha- channel, Temp- Tampa Never Sleeps, like, I pretty much never thought I'd have the courage to, like, actually enter and do anything like this. Um, well, actually, between Tampa Never Sleeps and I Heart Justice, the first time I thought, like, of even, like, considering playing a professional was on uh, I Heart Justice's channel. He does, like, a play with viewers kind of thing. And, like, I was, like, just picking the game back up and, was like, good practice to kind of gauge how good I was and... Turns out I still had a lot of muscle memory, despite not having played for a couple years. Um, and then from there, uh, Tampa Never Sleeps actually hosted an amateur tournament. And I'm like, oh, well, like, it's about other people either like learning the game or who haven't played in a while. So this is a good chance to pick it back up. And in that tournament, out of like 20 some odd people, I ended up getting sixth place. It's 28. It was 28 people the first time. And then they actually just hosted another one uh, about a, a week or two ago. And I jump up from sixth to third place in the tournament. So, like, I'm actually picking it back up. And, like, we're actually, like, because we spend so much time in the channel, we're, like, people are recognizing us. We're actually beating and, like, making friends with professional players. And that's wild. (laughs) That scene is, like, the actual, like, Marvel fan scene is such a different experience than, like, doing online competitive play, like, through ranked matches on consoles. Like, I just find a P people like on console ranked matches to be like, a lot more toxic and just taking fun out of the game. But people who are truly fans of it, they want you to be engaged. Like if you lose they're they're like help you get better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like the people that like take like the professional tournaments, um, this is one guy we also know uh, Mundank. He's a really great player and he's also been supported to be like, Hey, like play with me, practice. What do you need help with? And everybody like him or just other people who compete also play on Twitch with viewers. And I've been spending a lot of time just trying to get my hands well worn back up playing with professional players and learning what I can. So mm-hmm. like I, I'm definitely not professional yet, but I'm, I'm definitely picking up some steam. Wow. That is a whole different world from what I know, at least I'm used to and probably Chrissy as well, especially with fighting games. Uh, I'm, Button masher, button masher. And, and me, I know <laughs> you're supposed me. to be using your thumbs uh, with a controller on these, but I guess that makes me all index fingers. <laughs> you know, and it's, but it's also really cool that they, there is an actual supportive community out there for people who are new at it. And it's 
because sometimes people hear competitive fighting and they usually think it's like extremely competitive, like people don't help each other. And I'm sure there are those types in there, but it's really awesome to hear for anyone who's thinking about going into competitive gaming to hear that it is an actual very um, warm and welcoming community that is like, hey, come play with me. What do you need help with? Let me help you get better, which is really kind of cool because, you know, um, you don't always hear about that when you see people portray it. It's Absolutely. All, it's all about love of the game, getting more people involved. Uh, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Um, I haven't, uh, I've, I've never really been good at fighting games. <laughs> you know, I think of Street Fighter and I'm like, I can't do those movements. And that, like, what is it? Quarter circle turn, basically, whatever it is. Well, I think, oh. I think the one you hate the most is the sure you motion. Yeah, like, the sure you can, right? Yeah. So my brain is like, you know, burr, it's not going to do that, right? <laughs> so um, that carries into so many other fighting games. And I'm like, I, wow, you know, I, I, until I can learn that, I'm not going to get better. But coming back into the Marvel scene, um, I, I use Twitter a lot. And um, that's where I actually got in contact with a lot of the people that are in the community now that essentially haven't left, you know, all of the pros. And um, a lot of them were like, hey, you play Marvel, let's throw hands sometime. And I'm like, please, no. <laughs> like, that's terrifying. I don't want to lose to a professional. Um, I, you know, and it was daunting at first, but everyone's been so kind and has offered to, like, actually train me or just, you know, mess around and have fun and just play the game because that's ultimately what we're all here for. We all love the game and we're, you know, ready to play it. Um, so it's been really... Uh, Heart, really heartwarming, uh, honestly, for me to just put my name out there and say, "Hey, I, I like Marvel," and all of these pros just reaching out and saying, "Hey, like, let me, let me train you. Let's, let's play and let's get better together," kind of thing, which is awesome. If I can just throw one thing in real quick, every time I hear the phrase "throw hands," <laughs> I feel like I need to get a get a bone saw and a hacksaw and start doing things that are going to land me in jail. <laughs> <laughs> None of that. <laughs> James, we talked about this. <laughs> I'm, li I'm very literal minded. I know you are. When somebody says, like, would you like to play a game? They mean Marvel. They don't mean Saul 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I was supposed to be the crazy psychopath of the group. I oh, think I've been replaced. <laughs> Usually when someone usually when someone ticks me off, I look at them. I go, just remember, I just need two things: pigs and acid. <laughs> well, I think those roles are fairly interchangeable depending on the context and situation. That's what we love about each other. It's true. So now, so now that we've gone off on that second tangent, or is it the third? <laughs> this is the third. Okay. We're almost there. We're almost there in tying. Did you ever tell? Did you tell ever tell Pemmy about the fact that someone tied him? I have not yet, but I, oh, no. but I should. I should. He and I have been in touch a lot, and we'll get into that towards the end of the show because I don't want to tangent off a tangent. <laughs> that would be that would be it's so already breaking uh, down. <laughs> that would be so metaf metaphysical metaphysical of us. <laughs> yeah, th this is what we're like when we're loopy, you two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Might be a uh, you had your moments like that. 
<laughs> I get that. <laughs> so, so with Marvel and Capcom and kind of competitive play, um, if you were, if there was someone out there who was completely under a rock, sheltered, was never allowed a gaming system, and they wanted to try out this series, what is the game you would recommend that they start with? Ooh. Hmm. Like out of the Marvel versus Capcom series altogether? Yeah, um, like if they wanted to get into Marvel versus Capcom. And then where would you tell them to start with competitive playing too? So like one is if they want to get into the series and the other one if they actually want to kind of start competitively playing, where should they look to start? I think personally, just to find out like what you want to enjoy out of a fighting game. My recommendation is Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Just because it has the most characters in it, there's like 56 characters in that game, and has so much variety. It's, I guess, other than 3, it's the one that I've played the most. Um, like that Marvel vs. Capcom 2 used to be my favorite until I spent so much time with 3. But I'd still recommend maybe starting with that one, because because of how many characters there are, it's also a good introduction to all of the different inputs that you would need to get used to. Um, the one only thing that's really different is, I guess, the situations and how to handle it. Because every fighting game has nuance, but the one thing that carries over, regardless, is just kind of getting your hands used to some inputs, especially for Capcom games. And like one other thing, it's not just gameplay that holds people; it's also characters. So, like for me, like I know that the team that I play in Marvel is not like top tier competitive play. I play my team because I love every character individually. And that's why I don't drop them. And like, if you don't like who you're playing, then that can kind of impact your enjoyment of what you're playing too. You're so, a man after my heart in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd say start starting with Marvel's Capcom two, just because there is so much variety. And I feel like there's a greater chance of finding somebody that you like. And like, if you find you like characters and gameplay, if you move on to another one, like, even if your absolute favorite character isn't there, you'd be like, oh, well, like, I still kind of like this gameplay. And you might find somebody else you like you didn't even know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I played Marvel vs. Capcom 2 in arcades, my team was usually Rogue, Gambit, and Dalzim. Not a yes. little chemistry between the three of them, if, from my understanding. And just completely, like, not who you would normally pick to put with each other, too. <laughs> well, Rogue and Gambit fit together, but putting Dalsim between the two of them is a little on the oddball side, yeah. Um, I feel like as far as getting involved and starting with like competitive play, um, I don't know that there's any one real one answer to that, because really it comes down to what game you enjoy the most and what the scene looks like. Because, like, for example, I really love the art style of Arc System Works games too, and I really wanted to pick up and start playing Grand Blue Fantasy. Like, I haven't even tried it yet, but the first thing that I learned is that almost nobody plays that game anymore. So, like, my whole enjoyment out of it is being able to play with a bunch of different people, and if the scene is dead, like, it's kind of limits your ability to enjoy the game. Like, you can only go through arcade mode so many times, so just keep fighting the computer. Um, so, as far as where to start, one of them is check out the competitive scene. Um, I honestly even recommend maybe just start watching tournaments see, and see, like, if you can enjoy watching it a little bit, um, you can definitely learn stuff from watching professional play too, or even recordings of your own matches to see what you're doing wrong. So yeah, I 
you know, I guess I don't really have a solid answer as far as what game to start with, but maybe where to start is honestly checking out like Evo or past tournaments for things. See what you like. All right. Now back to the series as a whole, uh, I, we have to address the elephant in the room and that's Marvel versus Capcom infinite. The most recent oh, iteration. No. I knew we were going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, you, you can tell Folks, for those of you who don't know, you can tell from the reaction of our guests, they probably weren't looking forward to this coming up. <laughs> I'll let you start with this one. <laughs> but this this is kind of the, the game that could might, might have put the series on ice for a little while. And I don't know if anybody involved with that project intentionally set out to make it what it became... Or if they were, or if they, or if certain parties were upset with decisions made by certain other parties. I mean, I can definitely see Capcom not being happy with Marvel for not letting them include X Men characters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But where do you think that game went wrong? Oof, man. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> That's there, you there's can play so the much. If you want, we don't, we understand. <laughs> You, you know, I, I have my own speculations. Now, again, these are just purely speculations, but I, I honestly feel like the timing of when um, Infinite came out was very poor. Um, I think that they really wanted to rush to get something out. And I'm, I'm you know, this is me just kind of hoping that this is why it went wrong. Um, I, I feel like the timing was very rushed because we were running out of time with a Marvel contract. This was around the time that Disney was, you know, we were getting that inkling of big things happening with Disney, but it wasn't quite concrete yet. So um, I feel like they kind of had to rush to crank out this game before it was honestly ready. Um, I personally didn't like where they took the art style for it. Um, it was very different from what I'm used to. <laughs> and not that, you know, it changes good if it's good, right? But um Unfortunately, when they first had released it, they did Chun-Li dirty and she <laughs> did not look great. So I was very upset already off, off the bat with that. Luckily, they had patched her because so many people complained about it. Um, but it, to me, it felt like a rushed game. Um, the gameplay wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. Um, I think a little bit of the hate online is like, you know, the thing to do with Infinite. Um I mean, overall, it wasn't a bad game. It's just it. I, I ignore it from the series. I have a lot to say about this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you have as much time as you need. <laughs> no, please, you, please, you go first because uh, I will. If we're going to go on tangents, I'll, 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 I'll take us on a tangent. <laughs> the, another thing that bothered me about it was, um, you know, true fans really love to do the collector's editions and. Oh, God, yeah. They completely ruined the collector's edition. Um, so in Infinite, for folks that don't know, um, that's when they tied in Thanos and all of the Infinity Stones. So that was a mechanic in the game. So you could swap out and have one Infinity Stone for your team, whether it be time, you know, space. It, it did a different mechanic for you. And with that being such a big part of the game, the collector's edition was a case of Infinity Stones. And I know Marvel fans are like, wow, that sounds so cool. 
but it wasn't. <laughs> um, the imagery that they had put out for it to uh, promote the collector's edition did not look anything like what they actually had produced. So when people got their collector's editions, um, you know, these beautiful computer rendered imagery of these beautiful infinity stones ended up being what essentially looked like plastic Easter eggs. And uh, a lot of people were very, very upset with spending, you know, a good amount of money on these collector's editions for essentially plastic junk, unfortunately. I was so glad we didn't pre-order that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I skipped that one myself. I, you know, as soon as I saw some of the the play, some of the people who are playing it, and some of the things they were saying, I'm like, I think I'll just wait to play this at a friend's house. Yeah, <laughs> smart move. Let, I was like, I'll let them make that decision. <laughs> it's a uh, free on Xbox Game Pass for PC, so you don't have to spend anything extra yeah. for that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, and, and it breaks my heart because even though they didn't add nearly as many new characters as I wish they had, this is the first time we got to have Jedha in one of these games. The, that was such bad first timing. First time we've yes. seen him since Darkstalkers 3, and it breaks my heart. His big comeback was marred like this. Exactly. Uh, that was another thing that really upset me. I mean, such an awesome character, and you know, Capcom's notorious for... Uh, essentially not oh. listening to their fans and what they want. So many people want, you know, another Mega Man, another Darkstalkers. And like the closest we get are these, you know, guest appearances in games. And it just was so unfortunate for him to be in that. I... Despite how ugly the game was overall, Jetta has one of the coolest supers in that game. Like as hideous as everything else is. <laughs> it's like he basically signs this death contract. And like, if you, if you land on it, he basically like envelops your character in blood, like takes out this big scroll of paper, like signs it and then slaps their dead body on it. And every time like you do it on a different character, it's the actual outline of that character on the paper. So like it has cool attention to detail and Jetta looks and like feels great in that game. But uh, there's a lot of other things I have to get to. <laughs> There's <that>. definitely <laughs> more cons than pros for me. I mean, I yeah. liked that they put Gamora in it and she had a really interesting moveset. But again, I just... It's one of those games that I just don't include in the series because it's just that not... redheaded stepchild. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like, it's kind of like the ahead. it's kind of like the Philips CD of this. Like it's a it's Marvel and Capcom's version of the Philips CDs of the Zelda series. Nobody <laughs> acknowledges that those were made. Exactly. <laughs> that, we don't know what that is. <laughs> that was tomorrow. We finally got Black Panther in that game too. Exactly. <laughs> They had a lot of potential. for my friend Linwood, who's been waiting and waiting and waiting for Black Panther to be in one of these games, and it finally happens, and it's the game that goes over like a wet fart in church. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Accurate. Very much. I mean, especially after I got my wish in in the Marvel vs. Capcom 3 arc of getting Sienko in one of these games. Oh, yeah. Mm. She is my bae. <laughs> <laughs> My muse, my flame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's and I'm hoping that I know as someone who retro games, I know a lot of a lot of times um, people in the fan community will take an actual existing game, look at it, and be like, "All right," and give it what's known as um, uh, it's kind of like a um, oh, what is it called? It, they pretty much like fix the game. 
Like they're like, oh, this is a problem. We're fixing this. Oh, this is a problem. Um, quality of life patch. Oh and yeah. I'm hoping that someone down the road does it with with this game, especially because they did bring in so many really awesome characters, mm-hmm. and drop the ball. I have spent as a longtime Marvel fan. I have invested probably more time researching what went wrong with this game than I have playing it now, just out of like <laughs> sadness. <laughs> And there's a couple channels that I follow that have done like full on just deep dives into this and digging up information. And um, so there's a lot of things that went wrong with this title. So like Kitten was saying, like everything was definitely rushed. There was the stuff going on with the Marvel contract, limitations about who they wanted to be in the game. Um, A big thing of it apparently was budget, though. Like apparently like Capcom's still in the mindset that fighting games don't make them a ton of money, which I guess is like objectively true because like their biggest hit to date is like monster, monster hunter. hunter monster hunter world has been everything to them and they don't see near that kind of revenue for a fighting game but just like a marvel one like it's a very devoted community but it's not like a money-making community you could argue and the budget they had for the entirety of the game was apparently no more than what they used for a whole dlc season of street fighter 4 or, or no street fighter 5 so like imagine that budget hey. but making an entire game out of it and like the reason why a lot of things look so ugly is to cut costs. They used a lot of their assets from Marvel versus Capcom three and just tried to re-render them. Like the, the Chun-Li thing is like definitely famous, but the other one is like how um, Dante basically came out looking like Steve Buscemi and like has like really awkward and creepy eyes, but they just like reuse a lot of those animations and like basically dealt, dealt with the hand or made the best of the hand they were dealt. And the uh, it was just, just so unfortunate. And like, aside from just like budgetary constraints and the contracts, the biggest thing that really like the final nail in the coffin was just there was another big game that came out around that time called Dragon Ball Fighters, and the insane attention to detail of that. That was a high paced action three v three fighting tag game compared to like this hot turd of Marvel versus Capcom infinite by comparison, just aesthetics alone really just made everyone irate. Be like, how is this going to come out and be like this amazing tag game? And then Capcom's going to give us this thing. And like Damn before you, Goku <laughs> before like either game even came out, like it was just obvious where everybody's favoritism was. And like, Evo disowned it before either game was released that they're going to do Dragon Ball and not carry Infinite, even though they had showcased it like at the very end of their last Marvel versus Capcom 3 tournament. Uh, it just had so many things stacked against it, like poor timing for when it was released, competition, um, budget, contract restrictions. Like there's the list just goes on like it was an impossible situation and just a really bad time to even try. So before we wrap this up, any final thoughts you want to give on this series or your experiences with competitive play in it? Give me Marvel four. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I desperately, desperately want to redo on infinite. The, The scene is just so large now and definitely has whittled down to pure fans. So I I would love to see a Marvel four. And if anybody is interested in getting into the series, I mean, holy cow, now is the time. 
Twitch is so active with it and everyone's super sweet and welcoming and willing to help. Um, it, it's obviously a personal favorite for both of us. So, I mean, reach out. <laughs> I, I will <laughs> gladly fight you. <laughs> um, wow, that's uh, the friendliest invitation to get beaten up I've ever received. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was good. I, I would just try to fight you. <laughs> oh, you'd clobber me. <laughs> I what just do you have to use the thing not that you could I just smash buttons I may win I may lose I don't care I'm having fun exactly that's what it's all about just having fun you know and just hanging unless out I'm with play- unless I'm playing against my cousin then at that point I really have to win because he can be a jerk when he wins <laughs> oh I'm that way with Dobby I, I get really competitive with Dobby and if he if he wins which he always does because he's actually good at the game I just put the controller down I'm like I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> but then when you get that one win it's like okay we're done yeah <laughs> so we're gonna take a break and when we come back we will have our contact information this day in gaming history and we will wrap things up Want to support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a nonprofit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar, you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at k-r-i-s-s-i at fc3roc.org. And me at J-A-M-E-S at F-C-3-R-O-C dot org. At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Chrissy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool. And begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking. That's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind, so if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. Welcome back, everyone. And now for this day in gaming history, of all the sheer coincidences, on March 25th in Japan, just so happened to be 
the release date of the Dreamcast version of Marvel vs. Capcom. Can you believe that? It's as if we planned it. It's meant to be. be. (laughs) But also, along those lines, another Dreamcast game hit Japan that same day along the fighting game realm. One that is also very near and dear to my heart. King of Fighters 98. Nice. That was the dream match, which reunited the majority of the characters from the past four games into one very, very playable game that I still recommend as a jump on point for anybody who wants to get into King of Fighters. So if so, Kit and Dobby, if you two are looking for a good place to start with that series, that's the one. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. But in the meantime, why don't you tell our listeners where you can be found? Oh, man. Socials, right. <laughs> um, I am on Twitter uh, as her, hurry underscore kitten. I, unfortunately, I couldn't fit all of it. <laughs> um, I am also on Instagram as hurricane.kitten. And uh, you can find me on Twitch um, as hurricane kitten. <laughs> Um, as for me, um, I am also on Twitch, just twitch.tv slash Dobalicious, and also on Twitter as do- at Dobalicious2, because apparently I had made a Twitter account many, many years ago, lost all of my information for it, and I'm now Dobalicious2. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you two so much for joining this. I say this to all our guests, but that's only because it's true. You both are always welcome at our table. And this episode's uh, tangent count is up to four. <laughs> Break it <laughs> eventually. No, that actually, that's actually pretty good. That's up in the high. T- that's like top ten. Golf, yes. golf scores. <laughs> Very nice. So, on behalf of Chrissy Harding and our guests, Hurricane Kitten and Davalicious, I'm James Irish. Thank you for listening to Gaming Street Regulars. Game on. And one last thing, Capcom. Bring my girl back. <laughs>